0: Welcome back. Glad you're with us. The uh the author in more ways than one of that call joins us now. Toby Rowland joins us from uh from Norman or thereabouts in Oklahoma. Toby, good morning and how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, John. Had I known that highlight was going to be played in Waco, Texas. Uh-huh. I would have been much more subdued. I
0: apologize no. for that. No, no, I no. I feel I've
1: made a bunch of enemies before this interview ever starts. <laughs>
0: there is no way that could happen. No enemies here. Uh, think about how exuberant I would have been if Baylor had won that game. <laughs> so no, it was
1: quite a game. Uh, uh, both games last year were were things uh, to write books about, that's for sure.
0: Man, that is for sure. Baylor finished 11-3, and and two of the three losses were to OU last season. Hey, I appreciate your time, and uh, it's always great to visit with you. Um, kind of give us uh, kind of a 30,000-foot view of OU football right now. You know, where you guys are, where you feel like uh, Lincoln Riley and the team is in preparation for the new season.
1: Well, um, you know, I think there's two elements to that. One is in just fighting the virus and getting ready to play. And I think from that regard, it uh, was a remarkably smooth summer. Uh, they wrapped off four or five consecutive weeks of zero positives and, and were really happy with their plan and then hit a speed bump last week when Lincoln let the guys go home for a week. And when they came back, they had nine positives, and, um, and then the starting running back, Kennedy Brooks opted out. So I think that kind of uh, staggered everybody around here a little bit. And uh, they did not pause practice. They are going forward and preparing for Missouri State here in uh, 22 days. So I think there's that element to it. Um, it is like it is everywhere, tenuous. You know, everybody's holding their breath when the students come back to campus that we're going to continue to be able to go down this path toward playing football. But it seems to be far from a guaranteed thing. The other part of that is just the football team. And uh, it's an interesting year, really one like we haven't seen before or in a long time anyway, in that the majority of the question marks are on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm for Oklahoma this year. They've got a, a new quarterback, and an unproven quarterback. They've got, um, uh, when they're thin, at running back and wide receiver, which is two of the positions that they have recruited the best at and been the deepest at in recent years. And because of injuries, because of suspensions, because of uh, a transfer and now an opt-out, they find themselves uh, – very thin at those at those two very important spots on offense. I, I think they feel pretty good about their depth and, and everybody they've got returning on defense, but it is weird for a Lincoln-Riley team to be going into a season and we're talking about a lack of experience and a lack of depth on the offensive side of the ball.
0: You had, uh, if I remember right, two or three weeks ago, kind of a rash of injuries. Not a rash. I mean, it's two or three guys. But one of those was Tanner Mordecai. Uh, tell us about him. Folks here remember him when he played at Midway High School. Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting injury information out of Lincoln is <laughs> trying to uh, is uh, akin to trying to steal gold from Fort Knox. I mean, right. he's just he's not giving anything up. So there are reports out there that Tanner has been dinged up Uh, not confirmed and that he has not been able to participate fully anyway in practices. So the severity of which it it was reported that it's not going to require surgery, whatever it is. And we really don't know the severity of it. Um, That's all I know. I, I would say that he and Spencer Rattler were slated to have a quarterback battle for the job. And most pundits expected Rattler to uh, come out on top. He's kind of the hot shot five star guy uh, out of the Phoenix area, but Mordecai has an extra year of experience in the program on him and is also extremely talented. And it was not a foregone conclusion that Rattler would win the job. So you know, the question is: Does uh, does Mordecai's potential injury here uh, make it a done deal that Rattler is going to be the guy at least for game one? Lincoln has not said anything, but that's kind of the assumption.
0: What about the uh, schedule, the OU schedule, as things got revamped? I know uh, from a Baylor perspective, we were going to play you guys early, and now it ends up being late. In fact, the last game of the regular season. What, what are some of the, the, uh, uh, your thoughts about the changes in the schedule?
1: Yeah, a couple of things jump out. One is that Baylor game, and I don't think from an OU perspective you like it at all. Uh, because you are going to get Baylor right out of the blocks when um, a new head coach and a new coaching staff and no spring practice, maybe they didn't have all their ducks in a row yet. Now you get them at the end of the season when those ducks are probably going to be all lined up and they're going to be uh, a, a really tough task. The, the other thing, that the, really the glaring thing from the schedule was they will go from September 26th until the first week of november without a home game oh wow uh six consecutive weeks 41 straight days without a home game they've got three road games the texas game in there which obviously is in dallas and a bye week and i've never seen anything like that yeah. this is in a uh, shortened season so that'll be quite a test we're calling it a uh, fumigation October around here so while the team's gone we're going to disinfect the uh, stadium really yeah. good but that'll be a that'll be a good you know test right there in the middle uh to not play a home game for that long of a stretch that's a lot of airplanes that's a lot of hotels that's uh, that's a lot of uh, you know somewhat road environments this year to try to overcome
0: as we see schools in the ACC continue to keep athletes on campus while other students have to learn remotely, how thin is the line between amateurism and professionalism?
1: Oh, you're going deep on me now. <laughs> um, you know, I I, uh, I guess it's – I think it's thin, obviously. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm probably not the right guy to ask there. I, I think that while I am all for – college athletes being able to take advantage of their name and likeness and there are certainly stars that have come along like at our place baker mayfield and buddy Heald and trey young and kyler murray whose value goes above and beyond a scholarship um i also have two sons right now that are in college at the university of oklahoma and they will be leaving with a significant amount of financial debt Mm -hmm. that will be over their heads for, you know, a decade plus. I mean, we're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars that these guys are going to have to pay. Um, And I think it is too often taken too lightly the value of what college athletes do get. And, John, you know you travel with them like I do. Uh, They live like kings. Sure. They travel like oh, yeah. kings. They eat like kings. Uh, the um, in addition to scholarship and room and board and now stipends and and the training table and the finest of doctors and trainers and the finest of coaches and um, food, first class travel, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a pretty good life to be a Division One college athlete. And I think maybe too often it's painted as it's a pauper's life and that's not true at all mm-hmm. so i'm probably the, the wrong guy to ask there uh, i hope i hope that these guys uh, are able to take advantage of of everything that is due to them but at the same time not at the expense of killing college athletics as we currently know it
0: and you're talking about the roster and you know the the on the offense has a lot of turnover who do you expect to step up and fill the void of kennedy brooks
1: um, there are guys back there who have been brought in with a lot of stars next to their name, but none of them have played a bunch. Uh, T.J. Pledger has seen a little bit of action. He's out of IMG Academy in Florida. Little guy, but tough. He's definitely got a shot. Marcus Major is a local kid out of an Oklahoma City high school. Millwood got a little bit more side and uh, reportedly has – been fantastic in fall camp. I think he's got a shot. Ramondre Stevenson had a great year last year, and eventually will no doubt either share time or be the feature back. But he's going to have to miss the first several games of the year due to a suspension from the end of of last year. And then they brought in a, a freshman named Seth McGowan, who um, is, you know, physically does not look like he's just out of high school. I mean, he's, he's got a little Adrian peterson s to him just in his physical makeup. He just, you know, genetically has been gifted. He's a big kid. and But you know how it goes with freshmen. If he can't hang on to the ball and he can't block for the quarterback, he's not getting on the field. So we'll see. So they've got options. They've got attractive options. But none of them have any experience. And in a year like this, when you may also be dealing with a virus on top of normal potential injuries to running backs, that's not a position you want to be thin at. So that's, that's a little scary.
0: Toby Rowland, our guest, longtime voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, Joe Castiglione, the AD at, uh, at OU, has established a policy. Tell us about uh, driveway to driveway, uh, what that entails
1: yeah his goal uh, and and his administration's goal has is to allow for fans when they uh, if you're among the 25% that are allowed in the stadium this year to allow them to go from leaving their house to returning to their house and do it as safe as possible and if you know never have to um come in contact with a ticket taker with a concessionaire with anybody that would make them feel like they're putting themselves in danger. So they uh, have come out with an app that's going to be released here soon to where your parking is digital. Your ticket is digital. Your concession ordering is all digital. Um, you're in and out of the stadium is in a organized manner where, Uh, everything flows in the same direction. Your game program is digital. So they're trying to make everybody uh, feel as comfortable, trying to make everyone as comfortable as possible in a very uncomfortable time. And uh, the policy is, you know, what they call it is driveway to driveway. And so we haven't seen the app yet, but I know they've been working on it and the IT team's been working on it for a long time. So it sounds like a Pretty smart
0: idea. Yeah, good idea. We're doing, you know, similar thing here, maybe not to that extent, but we'll have uh, digital ticketing, digital parking. So, man, I mm-hmm. think that that's here to stay, uh, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, Garrett is here in the studio with me, and I was telling Garrett uh, about your wildly successful uh, book that you have authored, sure. children's book. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seems like uh, it's really taken off. That has to be fun for you to get that project finished and just to see the Response to it so far,
1: you know, uh, John. Uh, many out there, not me, but many are calling it the book of the century. <laughs> and um, right. I'll repeat that. Uh, sure. I, uh, yeah. No, you're hearing it too, and I'm, it's hard to <laughs> ignore at this point. Um, no, it's fun. It's been a. It's been a really fun process. It's a kids' book uh, about two ponies that grow up on the Oklahoma prairie and dream of someday becoming boomer and sooner oh, man. the famous horses that that carry the sooner schooner and uh, to get there they've got to prove their worth and that may take them through some familiar characters mm. in the Big 12 conference All right. uh, including some bears All maybe right. along <laughs> the way so it, it's fun i've really enjoyed the process the illustrators great that we got to work with and and um, it's been uh, sooner fans have, have embraced it. And it's been a lot of fun to see the reaction so far.
0: What inspired you to write it?
1: Well, you know, I love to write. I've, uh, I've always had a hankering for writing and uh, I used to get to do that a little more when I was in television with some features and stuff. And there's still some outlets for that now. in this, this job with the scene setters we do and everything, but I've always loved to write. I've got, three kids of my own and 14 nieces and nephews. So there's a lot of littles in our life and a lot of reading Dr. Seuss and kind of always was something in the back of my brain. But to be honest, uh, John, our buddy, Tony Caridi, yeah. the play by play voice at West Virginia did a children's book about right. four or five years ago. And uh, that was really the, the instigator for me. I got to talking to him about the process and, and he has been a great mentor through this and, and realized it was something we could actually pull off and, Lo and behold, here we are. We've we've uh, we've done it.
0: Nice. Unhitch the wagon is the name of it. Where can uh, people mm-hmm. find that?
1: Yeah, it's online uh, at uh, Barnes and Noble, okay. Amazon, Rally House, and uh, all over. You know, book retailers in the Oklahoma area. But if you're down in Texas. Uh, grab you one online and, and, uh, that's how you can do it.
0: Sweeping the nation. No question about it. Look forward. I've seen the cover. I've seen some of the illustrations. Look forward to seeing the whole thing. And I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks. It's always great to catch up with you and stay safe. And, uh, we'll see you down the road.
1: Okay. Thanks, JMO. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Toby Rowland, the great voice of the Oklahoma Sooners.